0: Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of The Doctor Says. I'm Shreya. I'm Iman. And I'm Zalak. We're three college best friends sharing our journey in medicine.
1: I tested positive for COVID earlier today, so if my voice sounds a little bit off, that is why. Just a little FYI.
0: You're a queen for doing this right now.
2: (laughs) Yeah, you know that Shreya loves you guys. Overdosed on Tylenol. Tylenol is working in
1: overtime right now so on today's episode we will be talking about our gap years and what each of us did in them Zalog, do you want to start us off with what you have been doing in your gap year yeah so my uh, transition
0: into doing a gap year was a little bit different and a little more rushed what i ended up doing was a post-bac program in florida at fau and the reason why I decided to do a postback program was because I was applying and I felt like I needed to do a little bit more because in all honesty, I had no research. Um, my service hours were a little less because of covid. And so I was like, OK, let me do a little bit more. So last minute I used all of the letters of rec that I had, everything that I had prepared for applying to medical school and the essay that I had started writing to apply to post programs, master's programs um, in May. So it was really late in that application cycle too. So I ended up submitting um, about like 15 applications to post programs everywhere. And um, it's really funny because I did my interview in Florida at my uncle's house. So it had a really easy in terms of like where I was supposed to stay if I did end up getting into this program. And I decided, okay, I'm going to try this program out. And the reason why I picked the FAU program was because not only did they have medical school classes, which is something that I did want to get introduced to, but they also provided research opportunities, um, volunteering, all within the program. So I didn't have to look for that outside of doing
1: the schoolwork. The reasons why you decided to not apply to medical school, you were able to fulfill all of those through this postback program. Exactly, exactly.
0: And when I got there, the um, directors of the program told me that I was on track to kind of apply. So what I did was, I applied a little bit later in that cycle. So I ended up only taking one gap year, which was my postback year. But I applied to medical school a little later, just so that I had the program available, I could Put the program on my application, say, hey, mm-hmm. this is what I'm doing during my gap year. These are the clinical hours I'm going to get. This is the research I'm going to get. And then I just had to keep updating my application with the grades that I got and stuff like that. So that's what I ended up doing in my post back year. And it was really nerve-wracking. And Ashraya anyone. no, I was very nervous yeah. because mm-hmm. I was going to a completely new state where I knew, like, fam- I had family, but I didn't know anybody in the program. It was really different from the things that I had done before like in college you know i went into college knowing shreya because we were dming before college so it's like i had someone familiar even there i knew people from school going to ut but this was completely separate i had no idea what i was going to walk into but it was the best decision and i am really glad i did it i made some amazing friends i learned a lot and i feel more prepared for medical school with the level of work that they had me doing um, for the program
2: I have a question for you, Zalak. Just for an- anybody else that's you know, listening to our podcast right now, what do you think is the difference between going into a master's program and completing a post-bacc program? And what do you think the benefit or the pro is? I was going to ask you a question too. And it was more or less like,
1: how did you pick out the programs that you wanted to apply to? Yeah. So basically, yeah. like, uh, yeah. along the so timeline. I will
0: answer both of those. Um, so, Iman's question. The difference between postback and masters, that from my understanding and what I researched was that masters programs you're getting a degree. In postback programs, you're not getting a degree, but your um, GPA is getting added to your undergrad GPA. So you're taking like okay. continuing education courses, basically.
2: All right. Um,
0: and the difference between a master's and a postback, especially medical postback programs, is they normally have you do first year medical school level courses in those master's programs necessarily won't have that say you do a master's in biomedical sciences those are going to be a little bit different or just in general any master's program because it's catering to the degree not just like preparing you for medical school I mean it does prepare you for medical school but it's a little separate um and I applied to both master's and post programs programs and that's where I wanted to do the post back because it was continuing education Mm -hmm. and i thought that that would be better for um my statistics and where i was at with applying and picking out schools was really hard because i was applying to schools that i had never like expected to apply to all Mm -hmm. over the us you know and i did get into um a lot of the programs the only thing was a lot of them were also a little more expensive so i had to look at cost i looked at location um and i looked at which school is going to, I guess, increase my chances of getting into medical school. And mm-hmm. all of the programs I applied to were great, but this one was the only one that had the volunteering research and classes.
1: Um, one more question I had was, did it matter to you if the post program or the master's programs had like, I know some of them do like a direct link to that school's medical school, So was that something that you looked at as well? And did FAU have that?
0: Yeah, no, I definitely did. And FAU did have it. So they had requirements and you just had to meet those requirements in order for you to get an interview. And so I thought that was really neat. Um, Having like a chance to go to the med school that you're doing the FAU postback at is really nice. So I definitely looked at that. I think I only applied to programs that had a linkage, I don't really remember, maybe a few that didn't, but most of them did have a linkage into the medical school.
1: If there is some advice you have to give someone who's kind of going back and forth between, do I need to do a post Do I not need to do a post What would you say? I would say just look at your
0: application. If what you're lacking is coursework and you want to improve your GPA, then a postback is really good if what you're lacking is clinical and you have the GPA, you have everything else, then you know, get a job and get clinical hours that way. If um you're lacking research, then you can become a research assistant. But if it's like something that's relating to your stats, I feel like a postback would be better for that and I don't regret doing a postback at all because the classes that I took, I feel like are going to really prepare me for my first year in medical school because i did learn a lot that i didn't think i would mm-hmm. and because it was such a last-minute decision for me i'm really surprised by how prepared i feel going into medical school through this post program and a lot of post programs are like that too so yeah like some don't have research and volunteering embedded into it some only have the classes so you just have to look at what you need and what your application needs what What's the what are the weak spots in your application and what you can do to strengthen those? If you have any questions about any of the details or anything um, about the postback program or anything in my gap year that I mentioned, please feel free to DM um, our Instagram. It's at the Doctor Says, or you can even email the Doctor Says at gmail.com. I also mentioned earlier that postback programs will provide different things, and whether you want to do a postback program. Um, get a job working clinical hours. It all depends on where you are at and what your weaknesses are in your application. And with Iman, I know that she wanted to actually get the clinical hours and I'm going to transition into her and what she's doing for her gap year because she did not do a post program.
2: Yes, so I did take a gap year because I thought I needed more clinical shadowing hours. This was my second time applying So the first time I applied, I only applied to MD programs. I applied late in the cycle because I took my MCAT in July 2020, and I received my score in August. So August is pretty late, especially for allopathic programs. And of course, I thought I didn't have enough clinical shadowing hours. And I think that really hindered my application the first time around. The second time, I applied to both MD and DO programs. I made sure to apply early and I shadowed an MD physician and a DO physician. So now I'll just go ahead and talk about my clinical shadowing hours and what I did to get there. So for the clinical hours, I ended up going door to door with my resume to different physicians offices. And I asked if they had space for students that could shadow. So I started off with shadowing and that shadowing opportunity ended up uh, turning into a medical assistant job and I stuck with them for a year. I'm still with them. I worked at a infectious disease clinic. Also, while I was shadowing, I decided to shadow a osteopathic physician as well, because in later podcasts, we will be discussing the application cycle and what to do for the different schools. So for DO programs, you want to make sure that you have shadowed an osteopathic physician and you can discuss that activity in detail. So during my gap year, I shadowed both an MD and a DO. I ended up working for the MD till now. I'm still working with them up until uh, school starts. During this time, I learned different skills like phlebotomy, learning how to take somebody's history, vitals, doing EKGs, um, I think those are all very valuable skills, also because you want to hone your patient interaction uh, skills. And this is really important because during one of my interviews for the school that I'm going to attend, we actually had a special patient encounter, which was a part of our interview. And they wanted to see how you interact with people, like, are you a human being, Do you are you just robotic, can you uh, empathize with patients? So I feel that working in that clinic, because it was both primary care and infectious disease, it really helped me out during my interview process as well. So it gave me a lot to write about during my secondaries and talk about during my interview process. And during this time, I even reached out to the doctors for advice with my interviews. Uh, They also wrote letters of rec for me and I I think it was the right move. So um Question for you,
1: Iman, when you were, you know, going door to door with your resume, were you kind of picking out certain clinics you wanted to work at? Or did you keep your options open and just, you know, apply anywhere and everywhere?
0: And I, I also have a question um, in regards to, like, just picking what clinic you wanted to do um, or wanted to work at. Did you specifically look for MDDO or just like any physician
2: that would give you a job? Yeah. So to first answer Shreya's question, no, I just went door to door because we were just kind of getting out of COVID Mm -hmm. at this point. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. I really need to clock in my hours. Uh, Sorry, this wasn't something that I mentioned before with the timeline. So during covid i really couldn't get these shadowing hours in and yeah. it was really important for me to get that during covid i did virtual shadowing it's uh i did it through the ut southwestern program it's called pre-health shadowing or a virtual shadowing program you can find it online i did that and there was another one which was called pre-health shadowing i did those and i racked up hours um every week it was two hours you have to take a quiz after the session and The thing is, some schools did accept that, especially uh, DO programs. They accepted virtual shadowing, but it's really important to be in person with patients. I tried my best to get any position at any doctor's office so I can shadow because the most important thing for me was patient interaction, regardless Mm -hmm. of what the specialty was.
1: And COVID really, COVID really screwed that up for a lot of people. So yeah, Um, yeah. It was
2: pretty hard. And that,
0: like, just literally a lot of things that we had planned. I know, like, when me and Shreya were living together, we um, even did some external organizations that weren't medicine related, but still we weren't able to.
1: They were STEM related. They were STEM related.
0: Yeah, it was STEM related, but it
1: wasn't like, you know. So we just thought we got a little bit creative with it, you know? Yeah. So we didn't get any, like, hands on, like, clinical experience at the time. But we also didn't want to just be like sitting by idly and not really doing anything. So we're like, hey, you know, let's uh, let's make the best of the situation, and we'll be talking about that more. Yeah, in, um, <laughs> and it's episodes. really funny.
0: She she mentions the virtual shadowing when Yvonne told me about virtual shadowing, and I was I would tell her, I'm like, hey, can you um, remind me about these? Like, I keep forgetting that there's virtual shadowing because it's something new, and i I'm not used yeah. to it. And there would be times where she would remind me, and I'm like, Oh, I forgot. I forgot to do the quiz. I'm sorry. And she's like, Oh, what is the point of me reminding you to do it? <laughs> and yeah, I'm like, oh, not just does
2: like, not like just just occurred to me. So yeah, just going back to Zelek's question in regards to MD and DO during the COVID season. Osteopathic schools said that it's okay that they will accept shadowing and letters of rec from an MD, but some schools are pretty set that they want a DO letter of rec. I ended up getting away with the MD letter, but I feel for future application cycles, if you're applying to osteopathic schools, please, please, please shadow. An osteopathic physician and get a strong letter of recommendation from them because it's very important for the application and it just kind of goes to show okay why osteopathic medicine it shows the admissions committee that you know what osteopathic medicine is and that you Mm -hmm. are a serious candidate and when you
0: say that i like the whole shadowing thing for my application i actually didn't have a doctor a do doctor that i shadowed so for me I did try to, I did the whole, you know, call clinics, send them your resume and not a single one responded. There was one that was like, oh, we could, but we need a one year commitment. And this was kind of a little bit later. And so I was like, I can't commit to a year. Um, and so in terms of getting a letter from a DO physician, there was um, a doctor at the Postback program that ended up being um, a great mentor for me. And she ended up giving me a letter of rec. I didn't shadow her, but she talked to me about DO programs and kind of told me what DO programs entail, what they're all about, um, asked me why I would be interested in them. And she ended up writing me a solid letter of recommendation. So if you're unable to, if you're really, really unable to shadow, if you know a DO physician and they're willing to just talk to you and mentor you a little bit, you can also get a letter from them that way. But, but having a real letter is very
1: important for it. I wouldn't it. rely on that, though. Definitely yeah. get the hands-on experience. Yeah, I agree, 100%. Or there are some obvious differences in how MD doctors approach their patients and how osteopathic doctors approach their patients. So seeing that, um, you know, being able to distinguish those differences is a very important thing. And I think it will also show in your application when you are applying to whichever school, you know, you want to yeah. apply to. It
0: was really like a last resort thing where I was like, I have no, I need a DO letter. Mm-hmm. So the directors were like, Oh, we know this DO physician. I was like, okay, cool. Like, you know, get me in touch. Um, And so she helped me out. And I know uh, some of my peers as well.
1: Listen, you were backed into a corner and you got really hard. crafty with it So, <laughs> props to you for, for being able to, you know,
2: overcome that small obstacle but thank you so I know that Shreya had a different reason for taking a gap year compared to me and Zaluk so if you wanted to go ahead and talk about what you did during your gap year and why take it away Shreya yes ma'am okay so
1: I'm gonna be very honest with you guys the reason I took a gap year is because I applied my first time around and didn't get in anywhere. I was waitlisted at all the schools that I interviewed at. And so I had no choice but to take a gap year. I applied my first time around the summer after junior year of college, and I got three interviews and I was waitlisted at all three schools. And so again, I had no choice but to take a gap year. And I was trying to decide what exactly I wanted to do. I felt like I had a good amount of clinical hours because I had shadowed both an MD doctor and a DO doctor two summers back to back. I tried research in undergrad as extra as an extracurricular activity, and I realized I do not like research. The summer after senior year of college, I'm job hunting, basically, and I have a neurodegree, and to be quite Honest, you can't do anything with a Nero degree. Um, you definitely have to do higher education with it. I knew that whatever job I was doing, I definitely wanted it to be healthcare related, medicine related, but I was still keeping my options open. And eventually, after hunting and hunting and applying, I ended up getting a scribing job. For the last eight or nine months, I have been virtually scribing, which has been Amazing, this work from home setup is, I could not imagine going into work every day from eight to five, I could not do
0: it. She sent me a picture of her work like setup and it's this whole, you know that uh, desk that you get from Costco, it like, you hit a button and it goes up and down. It can like stand, you can sit. <laughs> she has like three desktops and she has plants in the corners and
1: it's a really nice setup. So that Listen, must have- I knew that was gonna be working from home And that my room was going to be where I spent most of my time and I needed it to be nice and an area I enjoyed. My gap year experience has not been something, you know, life changing or anything. It's literally a placeholder. And if I had gotten in when I first applied to medical school, then I would have started right after. But again, things happen for a reason. This happened for a reason. And this time around, I was sitting with multiple acceptances by December of 2021. So don't give up. You know, that's like the moral of the story. It was very, very demoralizing. I was so unhappy with the fact that, you know, I had gotten to the interview stage and it seems that I had just fumbled. I was like right there. And then I wasn't. And so props to everyone who has chosen this path and is sticking to it because that requires some serious grit you know so yeah that's my gap year story i wasn't trying to make up for anything i was literally just filling a little hole in my life i i don't know what i would have done with all that free time at least now i have eight hours of my day like figured out
2: work
0: making some money so it's you know saving up a little bit for medical school too so a little bit
2: Something that I want to add was, I especially am pretty happy that I ended up taking a gap year because I genuinely think that I would have been burnt out. I feel especially with the way that I've transitioned through undergrad, with me being at UT for two years and then transferring after two years, and then again trying to acclimate to a new school, new environment, learning about professors, making friends again, doing all that after two years, okay, going hardcore. And now I'm going to start medical school in three months right after college. I think that I would have genuinely been burnt out. So I think this gap year was the right move for me. Uh, I took my time with all my interviews and it, it was just, an easier transition and with work it wasn't that bad with work you can take off days and you get some time off but with school it gets a bit hectic
1: it was definitely a blessing in disguise because i i noticed how after i graduated college i didn't want to touch a singular educational textbook i just i was like do not put this in front of me right now i will lose my mind so I wanted to just add that, you
0: know, like for me, I did take classes um, with my program, but the great thing about it was it was two classes per semester. So it was like, it was just the right amount, I feel like for me, where it was, I wasn't super burnt out, but I wasn't not doing school, you know. Um, and I agree, Iman, with the transition that you've been doing just two years of at one college, two years at another college, it really would have been a lot. Having to adapt that much super quickly is a really tough thing to do because you're you just have the summer to switch from school to school, right? Mm-hmm. So when I did my um postback program, the first semester, I feel like I was a little bit burnt out just because I was submitting my primaries and I'll, I'll talk about that when Oh, I remember. When we get into applications and stuff, I was submitting my primaries in like September, October, which is a little bit late. And I'll tell you the reason why about not that.
1: a little bit if we're being honest. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's a lot late. Quite late. <laughs> um, but
0: I wanted to add that I was doing the program and stuff. And they also had um, an MCAT course embedded into the program. And so I was studying for the MCAT, I was doing applications and I was doing the classes of volunteering and the research. So that first semester was literally so much I was definitely burnt out but at the end I um I feel like it has prepared me for medical school a little bit more because I also had to learn about just you know taking care of myself during that tough process and I know Shreya and Iman helped me out a lot with applications and just like being there for me so thank you guys for that we're the best (laughs) friends
2: you could Ever ask for you are true with all of your mock interviews.
1: Yeah, you guys -hmm. so much, but yeah. So this girl was straight up at the beach every other day. Second semester, I was so jealous.
2: At this point, you already had your acceptances too, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you were just chilling second semester. You knew I'm going to medical school next year, so that of course is a it's a relief.
0: It really relaxed me because I was. At least I knew where I was going to end up in the next couple months. Yeah. And it wasn't just up in the air.
1: All three of us are taking a gap year, but all three of us have done completely different things. We have completely different reasons for taking our gap years.
2: And the other thing is that all three of us, although we're on this path to medical school, we all had unique experiences with our undergrad degrees. All of us had different majors, with our gap years, different experiences, and now all three of us are going to be kind of scattered throughout the states with medical school, um, which is going to be a journey of its own. And you guys are going to be there to witness it all. Yeah,
1: we're going to try to keep it as real as possible. If we're suffering,
2: you'll know.
0: We will. We will let you know. You yeah. might hear. You might yeah. hear us cry
1: that's
2: okay you might hear the way life goes by little uzi vert
1: (laughs) that That is is like number one song she will dead ass pull up the 10 hour loop of the way life goes little uzi vert if this somehow gets to you just know iman hassan is your number one fan
2: please
1: and i I am she made me she made me hate that song was it Iman? Was it Spotify or was it YouTube that literally for a while banned you from it listening was to it? Spotify oh, that was Spotify.
2: Or... Yeah. Mm. Um, it it basically graded out so I couldn't click on the song anymore. And or if I clicked on it, it would direct me to a different song.
0: They were like, You gotta stop listening to this. Yeah. Anyway, so yeah, you will be hearing maybe a little bit of that song if we're suffering later on. <laughs> but yeah, yep. so that's all we have for today's episode. For next week's episode, we will be covering extracurriculars. So just going in a little bit more into detail about the research that we've done, any organizations, clinical um, hours,
2: which we will be releasing in two weeks. Again, if you guys have any questions, feel free to DM us at the Says on Instagram or feel free to email us at thedoctorsays at gmail.com.
1: Thank you for listening in on this episode, and we will see you at the next one.
2: Bye. Bye. Bye.